In today's episode, Conrad will talk to you about a shortage of water. Though there is no need to panic, being informed is always a positive. Today, on Bizarre Conspiracies. a water crisis. I don't know if you've heard, Eric. Jackson, Mississippi has no drinking water, no running water. Have you heard about that? I have not. So they had a pump failure uh, of some type. Their water plant wasn't outputting water at all. The whole system just was not properly maintenance. They knew that it was an issue. They knew that it could possibly fail. And they're like, well, I mean, what's the actual probability that's going to fail? And they kind of just kept pushing the buck off. And then it came back to bite them. And now there's no running water. People couldn't wash clothes or flush the toilet. A lot of that stuff for a few days. And then the water came back online and now it's not drinkable at all. So you got to boil it. Mm. Well, that's um, terrible. And uh, the funny thing is it's 100% entirely preventable. But the government kind of sat around and said, well, I mean, it's not a crisis yet. You don't have to handle it. So the reason why we're doing this podcast today is just to talk about water prepping, because if you ever were like, I don't know if I should get into prepping or not, or it's a lot of hassle. Well, prepping a little water supply is not hard, and we're going to talk about that today, how you can just get enough water to survive in a similar crisis, because a little prepping it goes a long way. If you have just a little bit, it's um, definitely a lot better than no prepping at all. Right. So it's... I mean, it wouldn't even take much more than like a shelf or two in a closet. And then, uh, you know, it's possible that these sort of issues could be becoming more and more of a reality for people in the future. I mean, it's always a case for people in the hurricane areas, but also for Phoenix, Arizona. Now, this one, I think, has been kind of glossed over in the media. But did you know that the Colorado River is down to 25% of its water capacity, Eric? I did not. It is drying up. And it is gotten to the point where coming down the pipe real soon, if they do not, the states that pinned on the Colorado River being Arizona and Nevada and I guess Colorado, but mostly Arizona and Nevada, if they don't willingly cut back on their water or find some way to start restricting the draw of water from the Colorado River, the feds are going to step in and force them to. It's kind of becoming a crisis. So that's an issue because... Why is it drying up? Well, there's a couple of theories. Part of it's rainfall. There's been a shortage of rainfall in the past few years. Mm. Uh, There's... uh, I personally believe in global warming. Now, I know that there's a lot of folks who don't, but it has been a little bit hotter in the past few years. I think we can all at least agree on that. And so that's um, what that's done is that's reduced the amount of snow on the mountains. And that's where a lot of the water in the Colorado River comes from is from melting ice on the the mountain in the Rockies. And so that hasn't been going on. 
So that that's really where a lot of the issue is. Not much rain or snow, and a lot of the snow melting off in previous years. And what happens is once things dry up, then it becomes harder for the ground to absorb the water. And then a lot of that water just runs off instead of trickling out as it does normally. It just kind of comes out one big gush. The rain comes down, you have a massive flash flood, and then a lot of this water you can't ha- hang on to. It goes, runs downstream, and then it's gone in a couple of days, and then you don't have it. So that's part of it, too. Mm. Uh, the exact science of it is I actually don't know why it is. I just know that it is. That's fine. So Phoenix, Arizona and Las Vegas are the two largest civilian pop centers that draw upon the Colorado River. The Colorado River also has a tribute river running into it called Salt River, which is a terrible name for a freshwater river. It's call it Salt. But Salt runs through Phoenix, Arizona. So between Salt and the Colorado River, it is where Phoenix, Arizona gets most of its water. And they're working on trying to replace that water from other means. They've been building up artificial lakes to try and capture some of this water to keep it from running away. But it it really, those lakes are having also shortages because they're not building up the way that they were expected to have. So it is possible, and it it is a little bit of a doomer theory that you could see in the near future, like in the next 10, 20 years, Phoenix, Arizona running out of water and going into severe water restrictions and a mass migration out of the area, which sounds crazy. When I first heard about Phoenix, Arizona running out of water and millions of people being displaced... It kind of sounds like something that can never happen, right? That That's just kind of weird. But Sounds pretty I mean, wacky. It has happened in human history before. And when you look at uh, other places that it's happened, uh, most notably the starvation in uh, China back in the 1930s, late 1930s, and there was, uh, I think, 20 million people that died of starvation. That was the first starvation they had. They had a bigger one later. But there was this massive death march, pretty much, where all these people went in refuge uh, looking for food. And then there was this terrible, long journey of all these people just marching through the countryside, leaving through the Dust Bowl. Because, you know, it was the same time as the American Dust Bowl. And millions of people died then. So people often look at Phoenix, Arizona and go, well, it's going to be the same thing. People are going to be marching through the desert and dying of thirst along the roads. And that's a little crazy, a little far-fetched, because this is a first world country. And when bad stuff happens, the government's not going to just stand by and let it happen. And they can easily ship water in by truck. I mean, think about this. Eric, do you drink water as the main source of your beverages? Oh, wait. No. You, yes, you do. I forgot. You do. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I there's drink a lot, a lot of, of water. There's a lot of Americans that do not drink water as their main beverage of choice, right? Sacrilege. Yeah, I'm of team water. Just throwing that out there. <laughs> yeah, I but, mean, um, it's necessary. I mean, I don't know how you can't drink water every day. Yeah. Well, uh, there's a lot of people they drink almost primarily sodas or other bottled <clears throat> drinks. Coffees, that sort of thing. It's not straight up water. And it comes from bottles and it goes, they buy that at the grocery store. Well, 90% of that is not bottled in state. Most of that's shipped around. So if you just think about it for a half minute, if even if Phoenix, Arizona runs out of water, people are not going to be dying. If Coca-Cola can ship massive amounts of Coke everywhere, (laughs) 
they can ship a little bit extra to Phoenix, Arizona, and people can drink Coca-Cola to survive if necessary. So, God, that's going to be people, rough. <laughs> yeah. Coca-Cola actually has their own bottled water, too. But here's the thing. If water becomes an issue like this, or if you are, I mean, do you trust your local city establishment to keep drinking water safe? I know from where I am, nah. What happens no. is you get a letter in the mail where I live, or... <laughs> And it says, hey, don't drink the water on such and such date. Pump went out and uh, the water is not safe to drink. Just boil it first. And it was like three days ago. So I don't even drink tap where I'm from. Yeah. Uh, uh. Anyway, so water is a main prepping thing. Everybody can get behind. So or should get behind anyway. So how much water do you need in a day? Do not go by. <laughs> The number of which they say, you know, everyone should drink this amount of water a day and it's like a gallon and a half or something ridiculous like that. Sure. Um, You don't necessarily need that much to survive, though a gallon and a half a day will do a lot more than stuff you can drink with. If you have a gallon and a half water ration to you a day that you can pull out of your closet, you can drink with that. You can clean with that. You know, that's enough that you can, you know, wet a dish rag and wipe something down. Mm. And you can also, I mean, pull out your dried beans or whatever and cook them. You got to have water in order to do most of most of cooking. So a gallon and a half a day is not a bad number, but don't expect to drink that much. More than half of that's not going to go towards you drink. So if you were to have on hand in the U.S. 30 gallons per person in a household, and most households aren't more than three people, right? Right. Um, and you can buy those five gallon things from the store, which is a great way to start. If you're not in, big into prepping, it does not take much to buy water because here's the thing. You can just buy those generic bottles off the shelf and any bottled water in the U.S. must follow a certain criteria where it's shelf stable for years, maybe 10 years, theoretically indefinite, but I would not do that. I would <laughs> definitely rotate your water at least every three years. And here's the thing. It only takes like a couple shelves. Uh, I know at my house, I've got one of those plastic storage shelves in the corner because I'm a bachelor. You know, one of those little things that you put together comes in them. Anyway, <laughs> and that thing, I, I just dedicate two of those shelves to just nothing but water. And I can fit about 45 gallons of water onto that thing. And I don't even really worry about it. And when I need water, because, you know, water goes out every now and then. I've got 45 gallons. I need never worry about running out of water because in the modern U.S., if you've got enough water to last you 30 days and you run into a crisis, some sort of massive crisis where everybody's hair is on fire and they're like, oh my gosh, the world's ending. For the most part, the whole nation is not going to go down. It's going to be more like everybody in Phoenix, Arizona is losing their mind and they're all migrating east, right? If you've got 30 gallons and everybody else is losing their mind, you're a whole lot better off than everybody else because water price is going to shoot through the roof. You're going to be paying sure. 4 or $5 per gallon. Just don't tell anyone but you more, have that much water. More than likely, when you go to the store, it's going to be big empty spots on the shelves. Let me ask you something, Conrad. Yeah? Would you recommend those um, water filters, those purifiers? You mean the ones like uh, a reverse osmosis system that you can install? Yeah, yeah. Y- that yeah, or good. like those pitchers that have the filter in it and it slowly mm-hmm. filters out your your city water. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, those that I was going to get to. Those are good. I prefer the uh, inline ones a little more because they generally can filter more water mm. and also you're more likely to use them. Mm-hmm. And the big deal about <laughs> using one consistently is you, you get to know the flaws of your system. If you have 
this water filter thingy that you have set closet somewhere and you go, oh, well, I'll just run it through my filter and you get it out. There's a lot of things that could go wrong with it and you're not necessarily familiar. Like you run the water through there and you drink it and it tastes funny. Well, that the way that it normally tastes or is that it not working right? Is that dust that's collected in it? You don't know. So I prefer the inline ones because you're going to use those more often and you're going to be familiar with the system and you're going to know when things are problem and uh, you're going to be able to more correctly diagnose it, swap the filters out if you need to. So mm-hmm. I definitely prefer those built-in uh, reverse osmosis uh, systems you put under your sink. Uh, those are good. The nice thing about the charcoal filter thing is you can run water that doesn't come from your tap through it. So if you're, say, in a place where you could potentially lose city water entirely, and you've got a stream out in your backyard, you could go down there, scoop up a bucket of water, and then run it through your filter. Now, each filter is made differently, and I can't really say on which ones I would use because the filter that I've used past is actually a camping filter, Mm. um, and it's a really good one. So I've used this. I mean, I first got it maybe 15 years ago when I was in Boy Scouts. And it's a, a military filter that they give out in the army. It's called the uh, MSR Guardian. It's a little bitty pump. It's got two hoses. Plug one into the bottom, you plug one into the top, and then you just pump it and it runs water. You throw the, the input tube into the, the water and it's got a little cork floater on it and it sucks up water on that end, squirts it out the other side. And it's great because it filters out both uh, particles and bacteria and it's really good. So that's mm. the only one that I, I can actually recommend because I've only, that's the only one I've ever used. Mm. And it's good for up to a thousand no ten thousand liters so that's quite a while uh, yeah that's that's pretty good um however it does have one issue i mean obviously it can't run salt water and it can't run water that's been chemically tainted Mm. but really no filter really runs those unless it is uh carbon filtered can can extract chemicals but even then i wouldn't trust it what you would want to go to with that would be a distiller and when you have a distiller, then you can put in salt water and you put in any, just about any type of water. <laughs> and it'll take out any contaminants when it turns it into steam and then runs it back, denses it back into distilled water. That, that'll be great. But that's not really a beginner <laughs> sort of an item. <laughs> the, really, the best thing you can do is if you just buy 30, 45 gallons per person of water. And here's the thing, you can get away with less if you have more people because you start, you'll still be cleaning one surface or something like that with your water, but more people will be benefiting from the water so you can ration water better with fewer people. Mm -hmm. And each person has different water takes, water usage. I suppose if you're in Phoenix, Arizona and things go really bad and you have no power and you have no water, running water, well then you're in trouble because the temperature in Phoenix, Arizona inside a house with no air conditioner will definitely get up to about 110. Then you're drink a lot of water you're gonna drink a lot of water under those not good if that happens oh that's that's a real issue uh but i don't necessarily foresee that happening mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah if that does happen you're definitely gonna want more water because then you're gonna have to just use water to cool yourself down by like putting that on rags and then wiping your face down and stuff just to keep from overheating that would be a bad day oh yeah <laughs> uh, do you think this is going to or could ever spread out to like any other states Yeah, could. I mean, like I said, Las Vegas draws 90% of its water from uh, the Colorado River. Uh And if the Fed comes along and says, nope, you get to draw one-tenth of what you're normally drawing from the Colorado River, well, then they've just lost 80% of their water supply. So, and that's in Nevada. I mean, really, anywhere west of the Continental Divide over there on the the Rocky Mountains, 
I could definitely see that because, well, except up there by Oregon, because they get a lot of rain. I mean, if <laughs> in Washington state, yeah. there's three kinds of weather. It's raining, raining, and then say maybe just drizzling. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't think you have to worry about running out of water up there. But there's a lot of places in California where they import water. So that could be an issue. Any place where they've had to man-made divert water to that area could happen. Mm -hmm. I could see it maybe in some places in Texas. I know that there's a few aquifers that have been losing water consistently. I mean, the further west you go, just the more rivers you have. And that, that does really make it harder for you to lose water. But you still can have bad governments, that uh, city governments that don't know how to take care of the water supply and mess things up like they did in Jackson, Mississippi. So that's definitely a possibility. Mm -hmm. And if you live in the hill country <laughs> in Texas, <laughs> uh, I mean, the water is always in poor quality. So you never know what's going to happen. Yeah, there. that's true. So if you buy water and just a regular water jugs, find at the store. Any bottled water that has that sealed cap on the top, by government regulation in the U.S., buy it shelf-stable, and it's just like an easy thing. I mean, what would that cost you? Generally, a gallon of water runs like, what, a dollar a gallon bottled water? Something like that. And it's not even hardly a big investment. The, the biggest investment you'd have to do is maybe buy a shelf. <laughs> for more storage space. And it's not that big of a deal, especially once you buy water, especially bottled water and lots of it. If you've been not using bottled water before, all of a sudden this easily portable water just finds so many different uses that you know that you need it. You're like, oh, hey, going to a picnic or whatever, I'll just grab two gallons of water. And then you're out in the picnic and you're like, oh, I'll just wash hands with this or something like that. It's just so convenient and it's very cheap. So as a prepper item, water is number one, no matter where you are. Mm -hmm. Water is almost like the most important thing when it comes to survival. You're only spending like 45, maybe if you've got multiple people, maybe what, up to $100 in water? It's not that big of a deal. It's really, I mean, it's cheaper than that pump I mentioned. I did not mention the price of that pump. Uh, <laughs> it runs almost, uh, almost $400. Forgot to mention that little oh, wow. caveat. And that's another thing. When it comes to these water survival pumps and that sort of thing, you pay for what you get. You buy a cheap one, yeah, it might work, but hey, it may not filter out everything. Mm -hmm. Generally, they only filter out micro bacteria, things you can't see with the eye. And then if you try and run through a little bit of dirty water that's a little cloudy, it'll still carry through some of that particles or it'll clog it up and you won't get any water through it and you'll just ruin your filter. So I'd say buying bottled water is definitely a beginner thing. The whole point of this podcast was just kind of like emergency wake up call of, hey, look at Jackson, Mississippi. Look at Phoenix, Arizona. Maybe it wouldn't be a bad idea. Get some bottled water. Good stuff, Conrad. Have you ever been to Phoenix, Arizona, Eric? I have quite a few times. I found it miserable. <laughs> I, I'm from Texas and it's hot there. But I don't know. It's a different it's a different world of heat. Yeah, it definitely is. The first time I went, I didn't have a great time because when I drove through New Mexico, I went through a sandstorm. Ah. And uh, that's not fun. You can't see anything in front of you at all. So uh, did you have to pull over, shut the engine off, do all of that? Oh, no, I drove straight through it. Oh, me and all the other cars uh, that were on the road that day were driving probably like five miles an hour. Wow. Not fast at all. And we were all fairly close uh, following each other, just making sure we were all on the same road. <laughs> but it was bad, Conrad. Like, couldn't see anything. Yeah, I would have pulled over. 
I mean, all that dust with the engine running, sucking that into the engine. Nah, I wouldn't do it. <laughs> yeah. But uh, once we got to Arizona, it wasn't too bad. Some people love it. I ain't one of them. I don't necessarily like the cold weather, but I like I like it a little colder than what Texas gives you. It's just too hot. Yeah. It's so hard to imagine a world where you don't have electricity or water. I mean, you know it could happen, but you never actually think that it will happen. And then when it does happen, you'd go, oh, oops. It's so much better just to have a little bit of preparedness. And it's not that hard. So... Mm. I'd rather go out with electricity than to go out without water. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So the worst thing that'll happen is you'll spend 45 something other dollars, less than 100 on water, something that you can definitely use, and then you'll never need it. But can you imagine how much you would pay just for that water if you need it and you don't have it? It's yeah. definitely so much better to just get a little water and it'll save you so much heartache at some day. I've never known anyone that didn't have their water shut off sometime, somewhere. You know? <laughs> it always happens. No matter where you live. So get some yeah. water, bottled water. It's not that bad. Alright. Well, that will conclude today's episode. Thank you so much for listening to Bizarre Conspiracies. If you want to email me or Conrad, you can do so at bizarreconspiracies at gmail.com. That's one word, bizarreconspiracies at gmail.com. Thank you for listening, and as always, we will catch you in the next episode.